Hi, I'm Tony Hines and you're listening to the News Roundup. All things impacting global supply chains this week. Inflation, UK government in chaos, U-turns everywhere, the ladies for U-turning, and strikes becoming the norm. Strikes are everywhere. There's going to be strikes in nursing, in the health service in the UK. There's dock strikes at Felixstowe and Liverpool. There's other strikes on the railways, in the Royal Mail, and other public service unions talking about strikes. And if Britain goes into austerity too... That's just going to cause massive disruption to everybody. Elsewhere in the world, China are losing market share to their geographical neighbours, and that's because of their zero tolerance towards COVID, which has caused closures and a fall-off in manufacturing. Infamy. They've all got it in for me. Well, remember that from Carry On Cleo? Yeah, famous infamy scene. Well, that's what it must feel like for the Prime Minister in the UK this week. Now, I mentioned last week, would the Prime Minister still be in post this week? Well, it's Thursday and she's gone. She's resigned. It will take a week now to put a new Prime Minister in place. The Parliamentary Party will have a vote. But it's getting to the point where it's not really democracy because democracy says if you've got chaos in government and you've had two prime ministers resign within a very short period, isn't it about time that the nation were asked who should be prime minister rather than just a parliamentary party? I think so. Liz Truss fired the Home Secretary. Well, she resigned. But I don't think she had a choice about it. Some kind of security breach was mentioned. So she resigns. On Wednesday in the evening, there's a chaotic vote in Parliament about fracking, which the government narrowly won. And there was lots of uh, nasty things happening to force people through the lobby. Not really democracy, is it, when you get forced? And uh, no free vote, as it were, because the Conservative Party... We're all told to vote with the party or lose the whip, essentially. And so that left a nasty taste in the mouth. Suella Braverman, who was the Home Secretary, gone. So we've had a few Home Secretaries as well this year. And uh, she wrote quite a scathing letter about the Prime Minister saying that she should resign. And guess what? On Thursday, at lunchtime, the Prime Minister did resign. If you're listening from any other part of the world this week... You must be wondering what's going on in the United Kingdom. Fourth Chancellor, four months. Liz Truss appoints the new Chancellor who trashes everything that she's done so far. Turns the budget upside down, cancels everything. It's like cancel culture. And now, apparently the markets seem a little happier that we're not going to spend so much and incur so much debt. But of course, that will put severe pressure on public services. It will increase the threat of strikes. It's really going to bite and it needs to be more balanced 
in how it impacts working people's lives. Government is built on trust, and if that trust breaks down between the population and the government, because you can't believe a word anybody says, then that's a serious problem. I know we always say politicians gild the lily, as they say. In other words, the economical with the truth, or they do tell porkies when it suits so that they can get their own way. But it's become ridiculous. An announcement's made one day and turned over the next. It's it's like the pancake economy. It flips in the pan every day. It was Thomas Hobbes, the English philosopher, who said, Life is nasty, brutish and short. Well, it's certainly looking that way at the moment. There's not much sunshine around. We're on the fourth Chancellor of the Exchequer in as many months. And now Jeremy Hunt has reversed all of the mini-budget that was introduced by Liz Truss and Kwasi Kartang when he was Chancellor. The support for people in terms of energy has been restricted until April. They're going to review it again then. And the markets seem to be a bit more settled and happier about that. But of course the damage is done. It's the fly in the bottle. Once it's escaped, that's the end of it, isn't it? So lots of damage already been done. Lots of costs for people. Anyone with a loan will be paying more because of the interest rates. It will add to inflation. And although the measures that have been taken recently will lower inflation, it could have all been avoided. It's a horror story, really. But hopefully things will get back on track. United Kingdom is quite resilient and things will get better. But we probably need new leadership to convince people that the United Kingdom is a serious player in the world markets. Liz Truss is the shortest Prime Minister the United Kingdom has ever had. 44 days, I think it was, in total. Difficult times, admittedly, but, uh, well, the story's there for all to see. Now, if you wondered why the Prime Minister, in a resignation speech in front of Number 10 Downing Street, had a smile on her face, this is why. She gets a pension for being Prime Minister, even though she's only had the job for 44 days, reputed to be in the region of £115,000 a year for the rest of her life. Not bad for trashing the economy, for 44 days' work, and it's uplifted by inflation. So, inflation won't worry the ex-Prime Minister. Don't feel too sorry for the Prime Minister, really. I was reading a piece this week by Emma Woolacott, writing in Raconteur. And she's writing about autonomous robots and how they're increasingly used for last mile deliveries. And she asked the question, are they commercially viable for the future? Starship launched a project in Milton Keynes in 2018. And they have these very small autonomous delivery robots. And they've become common sight around the town. Henry Harris Berland, Starship's vice president of marketing, says that people get used to them and... Are simply part of the infrastructure. People just walk around them. Well, aren't they dangerous? I suppose they don't go fast enough to, to be so dangerous and probably they, uh, they've got sensors on them to avoid people. But I would think if you're sight impaired or you have difficulty with mobility, it could cause a problem. But uh, there's no mention of that. They do, of course, reduce the retailer's carbon footprints and it's cut out about 280,000 car journeys in three and a half years 
according to Milton Keynes Council. That's about 137 tonnes of CO2 and 22 kilograms of NOx, nitrogen oxide. So the volume of harmful airborne microparticles was reduced from 23 kilograms of PM minus 10 and 12 kilograms of the smaller PM minus 2.5. Tim Jones, Director of Marketing, Communications and Sustainability for delivery firm DPD, said that they're not suitable for all environments. DPD is trialling delivery robots from California-based Cartken around the traffic-free roadway network. I think the real useful addition is the message coming out of this article, but uh, not suitable for everywhere, and the numbers of robots in the UK will be limited. Inflation in the UK has hit 10.1% again, after a relapse in September to 9.9%. It's on the rise. And that's all a consequence of the stupidity. There is no other word for it, but it was stupid of the government to go ahead with a budget that wasn't costed using the advisory bodies of the Office for Budget Responsibility and other parties to give credence to the plans. It's a bit like the accountants in an organisation putting forward a budget for the year but not getting it passed by the board. That wouldn't be allowed to happen, of course, and neither should this one have happened. Of course, it pulled against the Bank of England's monetary policy. So on the one hand, you've got the Bank of England having to raise interest rates to maintain stability in the economy. And then you've got the government having a fiscal policy that's trying to stimulate demand, which will add to inflation and add to the interest rate hikes. Of course, it's out of the can now, and uh, that means that the damage is done. It's the worst of times, not the best of times. Remember Charles Dickens' Tale of Two Cities? The best of times, the worst of times? Well, I've paraphrased it a little. And that's going to be the title of the forthcoming episode on Chain Reaction Podcast. So I hope you'll stop by and have a listen to that. Well, let's see what else has been happening around the globe this week. Let's leave the United Kingdom with all its woes behind. Well, I mentioned last week about the coal mine disaster in Turkey and what a dirty business energy was. But of course, this week, the war in the Ukraine rages on. And it's been quite a difficult week for people in Ukraine as civilians have been attacked in major cities with drones. Drones made by Iran, apparently. And these are pilotless drones that fly into buildings, kamikaze-like. A suicide mission without the pilot, but it kills people and it destroys buildings and vital infrastructure. And of course the major attack by Russia at the moment seems to be focused on energy. So they're attacking energy distribution lines all over the country, apparently to stop any energy flows into Europe. And so it's quite serious. This will cause serious damage for Ukraine and, of course, other European countries. I just wonder how long this war can go on. 
and you wonder, in a way, what the purpose of the whole war is, particularly from a Russian Federation point of view. I mean, I can see that they want to have some grand master plan to rebuild the Soviet Union, but that ship sailed. It's different times, and it won't last. The problem, of course, is it will kill people, it will damage people's lives, it's disruptive for the world economy, and many countries will suffer around the world as this continues. I wonder when China might intervene, given that their economy will be seriously impacted as a consequence of this war, and when other countries will become short with the Russian aggression. Well, have you got a spare £250,000 or somewhere between that and £500,000? If you have, you could get yourself an electric vehicle with the Rolls-Royce brand from late in 2023. Rolls-Royce has announced it's making electric vehicles and it's phasing out the V12 petrol edition to achieve its climate targets by 2030. Oh, some great news. For all you rich people out there. Well, the price of fertiliser, fuel and transport is having a devastating effect on Australia's potato crops. The growers in Australia are finding it difficult to meet the targets on cost to get potatoes on supermarket shelves. Along with wet weather and supply chain issues for the potato it's finding it difficult to move the goods from the farm or from the field to the table. The growers had warned for some time that a national potato shortage could be a result of the wet weather that wiped out crops and prices for fertiliser and fuel and transport because of inflation due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. PepsiCo Australia, which produces popular chip brands like Smith's and Red Rock Deli, has warned that stock levels could be down for several months as a result of this potato shortage. Other brands such as Doritos, Twisties and Sunbites had not been affected by the shortage, but most supermarkets were reporting that there was a shortage. That includes Woolworths, Coles and Aldi. Now, if you want to build resilient supply chains, it's not just about reacting to shocks from the system. It's about taking opportunities to build that resilience for any future event. And one of the key things that's talked about a lot, and I've talked about it here on Chain Reaction with different people over time, is digitization of supply chains. Now, the key thing here is that you get visibility in the supply chain. And so it's very important to be thinking about building these resilient supply chains. It's certainly something that you should contemplate doing to get ahead of the game. And you might get ahead of the game right now, but uh, if you don't do it, you can guarantee your competitors will. It could increase your annual growth figures, according to Forbes, by 3.2%, and annual revenue growth by 2.3%. 
I'd be surprised if those figures were not severely underestimated. I think that the investment in technology to digitize supply chains is well worth the payback. Supply chain visibility is something you need to focus attention on. It's one of my seven V's in my 7V framework. And you can hear me talk about visibility in the Chain Reaction podcast by going to the site and having a look at the episodes that discuss supply chain visibility. So I'd commend you to do that. The report by Gartner shows that fewer than 5% of companies actually have what they refer to as control towers to gain supply chain visibility, which is quite a surprise, isn't it? So if you want to get ahead, get digital. People often ask me, when's the right time to invest? And I say, right now, it's always the right time to invest. It's best to invest when you've got the idea and you've got the capital spur or available to you to invest. And if you haven't, seek out that capital if you've got a good idea and make sure that you do that investment. Investing in technologies such as digital technologies and supply chains will pay back many times. It will get you smarter, faster, and it will keep costs low. You'll be able to keep track of all the goods that you supply to your customers. And that will bring new customers as well as keep the existing customers happy. They'll stick around if they know that you're making investments. There was a time when Britain was known as the workshop of the world, when Sheffield Steel, shipbuilding and engineering industries dominated. It was during the Industrial Revolution that this reputation was earned. Today, of course, we could apply a similar tag to China. China makes everything for every situation and exports goods to every part of the globe. And it's grown its industrial base during the past 30 years. But that's changed recently with the zero tolerance towards COVID and the pandemic. And much of the manufacturing carried out by China is moving to Vietnam, Malaysia, Bangladesh, India and Taiwan amongst others. Exports of furniture, apparel, footwear, textiles, minerals, science and technology, all declining. One of the big problems was the hold-ups at ports, such as Ningbo, which is the world's largest port. And that's impacted disruption that's seen business move elsewhere. It's losing market share, and the neighbours, geographically that is, are picking up the business. And of course, China's become more expensive than some of those neighbours. So it's losing business in key consumer markets, such as fashion, footwear, furniture, travel goods. And, of course, declines in the exports of minerals and technology. For example, clothing and accessories has declined from 2016 to 2022 from 41% to 37%. Furniture has seen a big decline from 64% to 53% and footwears dropped from 72% to 65%. So will they get this business back? Well, the verdict's out, but not many people think so. And that's because costs in China are pushing up and it's difficult to do business at present with this zero policy towards COVID. 
Now, one of the other big stories I saw this week when it comes to warehouse space in the United States, that's obviously grown during the past decade or so, and it's because of internet sales. But the other big increase that accompanies that increase in warehousing space is the troubling of labour in warehouse and distribution centres. So there's been a, a growth of new jobs in those areas, three times what it was just a decade ago. We'll come back to this in a future edition. Well, that's it for this week. It's been a tumultuous week. And it's been dominated in the United Kingdom, certainly by the ups and downs of government. And the political environment has dominated the economic environment. And it's shaping the way people are doing business. And so when it comes to managing supply chains, we have to handle political fallout, economic fallout, social change and technological developments. And it's all a tricky business, as you well know. So I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off and I'll be back in the midweek edition. And I'm going to be looking at retailers in that one. Going to be looking at the shape of the retail world and how things are shaping up as we move into the busiest season of the year. So I'll see you then. Bye for now. Chain Reaction Podcast was written, presented, and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.